what's going to be? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Core Progression Podcast. Hey, everybody, it is May 31st once again, and oh boy, we got a brand new podcast for you with a band that's got a brand new one coming out on Friday. And trust me, you're not going to want to miss out on this album because it's like a box of chocolates that you absolutely love. You never know what you're going to get, but you know it's going to be good. But before we go there, I want to thank our sponsors first, Phoenix Fitness. Yeah, we are almost in a – well, we're past more than a week. So we're in a summer, baby. You know what that means. Got to go to the beach and look good. Got to go to the festivals and mush and everything. But you want to make sure you know your fitness level is on par so you can constantly do all these things and – not tire out, not tap out, not do all that stuff. Or, you know, if you want to just be healthy, get in shape, whatever it might be, you know, achieve those fitness goals. Yeah, you're going to want to do that. So, you know, exercise, work out, lift weights, car, whatever it might be. Want to do that, you know. But if you're doing that, you need some help to, you know, prepare right, recover right, so that your body is ready to go. The next answer, Phoenix Fitness comes with many different supplements, such as pre-workouts to help you get amped up for your workout. They also have different B-cell recovery compounds to help you absorb nutrients in your muscles post-workout. They also have different creatine blends to help you build muscle, different protein blends to help you build muscle, your AM blends, your PM blends, your whey blends, your collagen blends, your plant-based blends. They also have or multivitamins and literally anything you might need for your fitness goals phoenix fitness has for you so our list get 15 percent off use the code msotdfnxfit.com link description of the podcast thank you phoenix fitness our second sponsor is custom debuts so do you want to be the coolest person in your dorm room in your apartment in your house coolest basement you can be the coolest person in your garage in your office make your neighbor jeffrey jealous because he's got the white new balance on the high top white socks the cargo shorts the cell phone holster the polo tucked in and the the golf hat you know gotta take care of the lawn oh look at my lawn you know what do you got going on we'll take a look at my garage i got the coolest custom post from custom debuts bitch so what does custom debuts actually do well you give them an artist any artist you want. Let's go with um, let's go with Rise Against on this one. Then you gotta give them a album from that band or a song from that band. So you gotta go suffer the witness, you can go savior, you know, and what they'll do is they'll create a custom poster for you based off that information. So it could be off the track listing, the artwork on the album. It could be based off of the lyrics of the song, the music video song, anything it might be. And within 48 hours, they'll come back to you with a proof of a concept. You can make as many changes as possible. And once you're satisfied, bing, bang, boom, go and order. You can get it sent to you on Canvas, normal poster paper, or is it aluminum sign? Yeah, that's going to really make your neighbor Jeffrey jealous. So go and do it. Our listeners get 10% use the code CPP10 at checkout at Custom Abuse website. Link description of the podcast at Custom Abuse. We are also sponsoring the When We Were Hungry Festival happening in Vegas, October 20th and 21st of 2022. Yeah, When We Were Hungry. Pancakes in the pit turning memes into dreams. The lineup is continuing to be announced. The lineup, as of right now, I know it consists of bands like Modern Day Escape, Dropout Kings, Outlier, Ben of the Podcast, along with Modern Day Escape, Saving Vice, Ben of the Podcast, Long Came Aspires, Ben of the Podcast, um, Scarlett O'Hara's be on there. The original line for a Skylight Drive is on there and more. Tickets are on sale when they're on sale. So the website is description of the podcast where we were hungry festival. Go check it out. Go get your ticket when they're ready and see me in the pit. Let's mosh some pancakes, baby. Now time for a feature presentation. So these German bands, I tell you, we had Breathe Atlantis on the podcast and their album was ungodly fantastic. Soon you're going to hear Future Palace on the podcast and you're going to see what's coming up with them. But today, we have the band The Oklahoma Kid on the podcast. Rob, their bass is here with us. We're going to talk all about their brand new album called Tangerine Tragic coming out on Friday, June 3rd. 
We talk about some fun stuff. We talk about them playing festivals. Talk about some stuff with the German metal scene. We talk about them playing over in Europe. Talk about the you know how they dealt with the pandemic. We talk about the new album. We talk deep about the seventh track on there. I'm gonna end up getting the name wrong, so you can go straight to the podcast to get the name. But it's the song about uh, Forrest dying. Yes, they use the German word for it. And it is absolutely incredible. So get ready to get in this album. Get ready to get in this band. But beforehand, enjoy this podcast to make sure that happens. So are you ready for Rob from the Oklahoma Kid to be on the podcast? Because I sure am. Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. I got another great band for you because they came across my area thanks to Adam Splitter PR. They've got a brand new album called Tangerine Treasure coming out on June 3rd, 2022. So let me tell you this. I looked at the style of band. They're like, okay, let's see what the press release is. Modern metal. I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. I listened to it and I'm just smiling the whole entire time. I'm like, oh, this is a lot of fun. They go through so many different things. The album is incredibly dynamic. And we get to talk all about it today. So please welcome from the Oklahoma Kid. Please welcome Rob. So, Rob, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Thanks, man. Nice for having uh, me. <laughs> well, tonight. thanks for being on. And also, it was a nice being able to talk to you for a couple of minutes beforehand and talking about, you know, you're basically making me want to come over to Germany this summer and just be like, okay, <laughs> all the crazy festivals. Like, I'm probably going to look at I'm looking at this already. Dropping everything, dropping as like all, pretty much like all my money. Like, take my money now because, you know, <laughs> festivals, cheap beer, good cheap times. Beer, yeah, cheap beer. What more can good I want? Times. Good times, yeah, good times. And we get also some nice girls, if you're into girls. <laughs> so. Now you're talking my language even more, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like, of course, of course. <laughs> it's pretty, nice, it's nice. Yeah, I'll say pretty, pretty soon, I'll, you know, I'm going to be next, or like give it a couple of months. All of a sudden, the whole entire like background that I'm working with is going to change because I'm not going to be doing these from the U.S. and I'll be doing these from Germany. <laughs> do it, do it. Go ahead, man. It's like, sounds like a sweet idea. Just, just the crazy, crazy adventure. Well, of course, you know, now that we're in 2022, we're almost here for the album release as well. So how have things been going on your end? How have things been going in Germany on your end? And I got to also ask, you ready for this album to be released? <laughs> totally. We're totally ready for this album to, to be released. Was like most bands say, it was a lot of work and we are proud what we have done and how far we came with it. And uh yeah, and like all artists and the whole industry, we suffered a lot with uh, with the situation on the on the virus, and yeah, it was hard. But uh, you you get some time to to think about different things, and I think it played a it had a big influence on how we approached this record, and. I really hope it will work out in the end. Um, I'm positive. I'm positive, and I think it's now less than four weeks till it's till it's out, and yeah, it will be really nice. Oh, it will be, especially to get this thing out there, and then you know, you take a look at how everything is going on right now. I'm I'm talking about the live music scene. I know around the world there's a bunch of other issues, but. When it came to the whole entire thing with COVID, with you know the music live music scene pretty much being non-existent as of March of 2020, yep. Yep. and then 2021 it was spotty when it was coming back because it was you had certain areas of the world where it was coming back and all of a sudden it came back and stayed back. You had other areas of the world where it was like it was come back and then 
dropping back, coming back, dropping back. It was just kept going back and forth. But now it seems like, especially into 2022, as we're approaching, you know, halfway through the year already, which is kind of scary to say. I'm like, oh, dear God, we're already almost halfway through this thing. But we're seeing where live music is consistently back. Festivals are full swing once again. No restrictions are being put on anything with live music in the capacity, whatever it is. So we're all able to get back out to it. And with this release of this record, all of a sudden, you guys able to get back out to it, tour around once again, promote this record and get more people into the Oklahoma Kid. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We had the we had the same thing here with uh, the couple months where you can play and go out, and then it's the next big Corona wave, and then everything is closed up again. And uh, you you could plan nothing. Nothing. It was really uh, really impossible to plan anything, and that's why we delayed our our tour for two years straight. We we have a tour a headliner tour upcoming in october of this year and actually it's just a rescheduled tour from october 2020 for our last record but uh, yeah in the beginning we didn't knew that it will last so long till we can hit the road finally once again hope so that it will stay like that and um, yeah so the upcoming tour in october is the the headliner tour for uh, for this record, which once was uh, the headliner to our last record, but yeah, this is how the world goes. It was crazy, crazy, crazy period of time for for most people, I think. But with Especially the, in the scene, yeah, yeah. But I'll say with the headlining tour being postponed for two years on this, and with it was supposed to be for you know the last record. One thing that kind of comes to mind as well is you know. If that was going to be the headline tour for the last record, not many people might have heard the songs from the last record live on top of, you know, they're going to be hearing the songs from this record for the first time just, you know, when the album gets released. So when people go out and see you guys live, it's like there's this pent up waiting. There's this pent up energy to want to go and see you guys perform because of how many songs there are that have yet to actually be seen and heard live and for people to experience them. You have so many different options to pick from when it comes to creating the set list, when it comes to creating that experience where people are going to go and see that show. And some people might go and see that show and all of a sudden they were going to be going there specifically for maybe some of the opening bands because that does happen. But then all of a sudden they're going to see you guys perform live and it's going to go from, I'm not really sure about this band before you go guys go on stage to after you leave the stage, more of like a, I must know everything about this band. I must listen to everything they put out because this was awesome. <laughs> I, I hope so. It would be really nice if people re react to to this like that. I, I I hope we don't get uh, we don't get uh, how it's called. We don't get stiff over the time, so we still get, need to have the groove. We're we're all old guys in the band, so <laughs> mostly I'm the oldest. I'm uh, in my mid thirties, and I hope I can still pull it off on stage. <laughs> I have to give it my all. Um, yeah, we have a big pool on, of songs, and I hope we can attract uh, some some new people. And we have really good shows coming up, uh, even this summer. Nice festivals we we will play. Some we even I think some smaller ones we will headline, and there's also uh, some really big ones. I think the biggest we are playing is uh, the Summer Breeze Festival in Germany. I'm not sure if you have heard of it's like. 50k people 40 50k people it's back in the day it was mostly for death black metal like that and um 
now it's it opened up for a more diverse diverse uh, metal crowd and yeah we will play that on a small stage but uh, anyways we'll play it and we're really looking forward to it it will be uh, a big experience there's also a other band playing from uh, from our hometown they uh, acranius i don't know if you had ever heard of acranius it's like a slam band and they're reasonably big yeah and uh, they're good friends of us and really looking forward to that and of course uh, our headline tour yeah well that was gonna be one thing i asked was gonna be how are you playing any shows before that headline tour because you know playing those some of those festival <laughs> shows what it's gonna do is it's gonna help you know like you said loosen up you guys and like get you guys back into the group of things so when you go back out on that headline tour in october you know the plane has been reestablished once again playing live has been reestablished and you're not going to be you know so stiff and just like I can't yeah. really move. Plus, mid thirties—that's not old, man. I mean, I've, <laughs> I, I still see some guys that are like fifty years old jump into the pit and they like still go for a couple of songs consistently. I mean, of course, they jump right out of there right after a couple of songs, but they still go, they still hit. So you got no yeah, excuse, yeah. man. Like you got this. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course. You can still uh, be young, but uh, you, you also have to look apart in this kind of in this kind of music. We are not doing old school heavy metal stuff where you can be old as fuck and uh, yeah, you have to be young spirited and look a bit stylish. I think to uh, to appeal to a big part of the audience. And uh, I hope we can still do it. And the the thing with uh, with the headlight tour. If I imagine that our first shows would be right away our headline, <laughs> this would be fucking terrifying. <laughs> like, oh my god, please no! So we have some, uh, we have some time to to, uh, to play some smaller shows, the festival stuff, and then after that will come the big headline show with a with a long longer set. On festivals, you are really time restricted, and you can play all the songs you want to play. But on your own tour, you you get free roam for everything, and also. What we usually do is uh, when we rehearse, we first of all we don't rehearse a lot. <laughs> we uh, like uh, like really to rehearse a lot, but just before the upcoming shows, like in two three weeks before, so we get really fit. And what we do is we like to create a, a, a situation where we on on the stage. And since I'm working in a nightclub with a stage and with a lot of live live music, uh, we can do that. We can just play on the stage without any people around there and with our uh, sound guy and set everything up and because we got a pretty we get our setup is like we play all with click track not not everyone but basically me and our drummer play with click and so everything uh, needs to be double checked so everything works perfectly most of the time it does but sometimes uh, you get errors but uh, yeah, knock on wood, but everything will work out. Yeah. <laughs> I got you covered. Nice, man. Yeah, well, that's kind of cool, though, the fact that, you know, you got, you're working at nightclub and you're able to actually go and, you know, ready yourself for those performances and for those shows by actually putting yourself, you know, in the setting that that would be in, just, of course, without the people, because, you know, if you had a bunch of people there, it's like, you might, it would be perfect to get the sound, but then you got all the distractions, <laughs> all the fans watching. So it's, you know, you're able to get the sound right. You're able to get the performance. You're able to get all the kinks busted out to the point where when you go and play those festivals, whether you're on a larger stage, whether you're on a smaller stage, 
you're able to just, okay, we know what we're doing. We got this. Even after the whole entire pandemic thing, we got this. No worries. Of yeah. course, you know, you're going to end up like, even for that first, you know, headline tour show, you might go up there like and be like, okay, um, it's all hit me right now on the nerves. What's going on? <laughs> and then you play that one song and it's just like, all right, we're ready to go. Nothing's stopping yeah, us yeah. now. Yeah, when the when the click track is rolling in the ear, then uh, there's no there's no coming back from there. And uh, our first tour, our first show on the headline tour is not in our hometown, which is which is good, which is a good thing to have because uh, when you play in your hometown, you are doubled excited or triple excited than uh, anywhere else because you look. Normally, you look in the crowd and you know a few people, but when you play in your hometown, you know everyone <laughs> and you have to laugh all the time because it's so funny. Yeah, this, this guy, this guy, this guy, hey man, what's up, man? And, yeah, we used to drink. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like really exciting. You get, and you, of course, you get emotional because you see all the friendly faces you know from your everyday life and really good friends. And yes, I think it's like, uh, Every band has a special place when they play their hometown. Oh, absolutely, because you get to see so many people that you know that you've come across in life, whether it's people that you've known for so long, people you went to school with, or people that you just like randomly just met from different places and have developed relationships with, or people that you've met through what you're doing with music, through all the connections you made, and everyone's just there having a good time supporting your band. So you get those feelings coming in as well, but because that you also want to put on one hell of a show because it is your hometown, you're seeing all the people you know come support you, you're going to end up seeing some stuff in the crowd where all of a sudden people you know are acting, you know, silly, or all of a sudden someone yeah. gets, you know, just gets, you know, completely just jacked up in the pit. It's like, ooh. <laughs> But you can't really react to that because it's like, you're, you know, you got to be focused at the same time. Too, yeah, yeah. It's like, I want to just, you know, I want to say something about that because that was funny because I know the person that that happened to, but I can't, I got to keep playing. <laughs> so I, I kind of hope a couple of bands I've had in the podcast, like when they've seen that happen to me, it's like, I hope they've kind of had a chuckle because not going to lie that that is funny, but yeah. yeah. Exactly, but I totally exactly. understand what you're saying with the hometown shows. Well, Cause I know a bunch of other bands around here where like, there's a good, a couple of bands from Chicago where what they'll do is. They'll come in like for the first stop of the tour, they'll play where I'm from and then they'll go all around and then they'll end in Chicago for their hometown show. But it's like they start out, they start at a place where a lot of the people from their hometown is not that far to go up and travel to. So even like it's like a second kind of home. And then, you know, for me, it's like I go down to Chicago, see as many shows as possible and people that go there, it's like. It's like become my second family. It's like every time I go there now, it's like a, it feels like a hometown show. It's like I got two hometowns. This is kind of cool. Where, where actually where are you from was this a smaller place or is it also a big city it's a it's a it's a big city but it's not anywhere near as big as chicago it's probably about maybe one fourth one fifth the size of chicago it's called milwaukee okay. I'll, i'm gonna put it this way if you watch any nba basketball do you watch any basketball no not at all but i know milwaukee Okay. No, yeah, I know. I know that. Yeah. Oh, the only I've reason I brought it. basketball is because when I was over in uh, Europe in both Croatia and Amsterdam, like I've, people ask me where I'm from, I would tell them like I'm from the states. Like I'm what city? I'm from Milwaukee. Okay, where is that? And I was trying to figure out a great way to like describe it to people. And all of a sudden, I figured out basketball. A lot of people know who Giannis Antetokounmpo is. So I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> Okay, okay. Otherwise, you could say it's uh, close to uh, to Chicago. <laughs> That's what I started out with. I'm like, just, I'm, a, I'm like, this is Chicago, I, 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 but I try, more I try north. To recall what, which 
one of the biggest biggest uh, bands from Chicago. I I just I I know the band Chicago, <laughs> which is you, you know Chicago. The, yep. the, it's like a old old rock band. I, I nice. do. I've I had one of their longtime members on the podcast at the end of 2020. Uh, Bill Champlin. Bill Chimlin, is is he from the band Chicago? Yeah, he played in the band for about 20 years from I think 1989 wow, okay. to 2009. So that was a fun that's, one. <laughs> that's awesome. He must be a legend, man. You could say that. <laughs> you can say that. Well, that's, that's really crazy. It, I think he had some uh, awesome stories to tell. <laughs> Oh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Some of the stories he told, also just kind of the whole entire idea around music that he had, especially being in there for so long. It was just like, I didn't want to say much because it's just like, I just want to listen and just hear and yeah, just yeah, enjoy. Yeah. I don't want to like do anything to mess up the mojo. <laughs> but but what are the, big, the biggest metal bands from Chicago? Um, let's see. I know Disturbed was is originally from Chicago. Ah, Disturbed, yeah, De dead metal, yeah. <laughs> um, good old dead yeah. metal. My my favorite band of all time is from Chicago with Rise Against. Yeah, Rise Against, nice, nice, nice. Okay, yeah. they are they are pretty big. Yeah, I'm trying. Um, no, I've heard of them. <laughs> it's like if if you heard of them, we're good. <laughs> we we good. I know a couple of songs. Oh, that's that's perfectly fine as long as you know if we. And up running each other for some reason to rise again show us as long as you jump in the pit for one song, be a happy guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm in that jumping in the pit age anymore. So I got I got my health issues and I don't want it to 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 uh, emphasize the same before I break down and I can't uh, stay on stage anymore. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, fair enough. But, uh, The young, the young people can can go ahead, go go ahead, break break your bones. I like it. I, li I like to see it as well when people go crazy in front of. <laughs> yeah, well, like you said, it's like you have a shackle when you see some some people going crazy and uh, yeah, try to kill each other. Basically, I don't know, man. It's like crazy. We try and kill each other because it's fun. Because it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I do want to jump back to is because you're talking about, you know, the festivals and you said, what was the, what was the name of the biggest festival you were playing again? Because I just want to, I don't want to mess it up when I say it. It's Summer Breeze. Okay. Summer That's... Breeze. I also kind of find it funny. Summer Breeze, you said it was mostly like a death and black metal festival. What, what first off, what a name for a festival. Yeah. Summer what a Breeze. name for a festival. Summer Breeze. Yeah. I think it's like, uh. <sighs> they wanted to seem like that and oh the name sounds so nice and then there are the most brutal bands actually it was my first festival i ever visited and to be honest i uh, never was a big festival guy uh, i used to just visit some concerts from bands i really like and this was my first i think it was back in 2010 and yeah But it was a really nice experience. The lineup was great back then. I was super into uh, technical death metal, death metal, and all this kind of stuff. And I really liked it. I, I think I saw their mm, despised icon just before they uh, disbanded. But I think they are re re reunited now. But uh, it was really nice. And I saw uh, Necrophagist, if you, if you know, if you ha ever heard of them. They're really iconic, iconic death, technical death metal band. But it was a nice festival. And it's now it's not, it's even bigger. And yeah. It's, it's like, crazy. Like you said it's bigger, but it's like also a little bit more broad where it's not just like death metal and black metal. Like you get a lot more metal styles in there as well to kind of, again, It's it's still is at the core of like what it originally was, but now it just appeals to a larger rock and metal fan audience. 
Yeah, I think headliners uh, this year is Arc Enemy or so. I don't know, maybe some other bands. It's like along those lines, yeah. And it opened up for a lot of people to attract more people. Gotcha. And, I, and and like I know you said, kind of like you guys were going to be playing potentially like a little bit of a smaller stage compared to like some of the other festivals you'd be playing at this year at uh, Summer Breeze. And on top of that, it's just can't come like looking like, you know, like you got to have a little bit more of like some kind of like standout presence on stage. And especially here in the U.S., like with some of those bands that have been on like some of those, like not like the super duper main stage at some festivals. That's one thing I've seen where it's like, you've got to have some like it. Uh, I mean, you're going to want to go up there, just enjoy yourself. You're not going to want to be super duper flashy if you don't have to be, but you do want to find some sort of way to stand out at any kind of festival as a band so that no matter what stage you're playing on, you're attracting people to come and check your band out. You're attracting all these different people that might never have even heard your, of the Oklahoma kid or ever even really had a chance to listen to you guys. Now it's like, okay, find some way to bring them over and have a chance for them to come and watch your set, no matter how long it might be and have a chance to really, really, really get into it. And then you guys have a lot more chances to, you know, create new fans, create new experiences for those people. And which means, you know, more merch sales, more Spotify stream plays, more monthly streamer count, that count goes up. All of a sudden people are requesting you to come on tour more with like all over the place, all across Europe. Once again, you know, all of a sudden we're requesting you over here in the U S because, well, we like this kind of stuff. So come on over. Let's have some fun. Would be really nice to play in the U S we had, uh, I think we had some offers, but it was all not, uh, what not was not feasible. So it was like, uh, too, we couldn't take the offer. It's like too much of an expense to to make everything work. It has to be a really good offer, like a really good package where we can join, and uh, it's expensive. So we need we need even the flights, and you need the gear, and you need to rent a car, and all that stuff. So it's like crazy. But we really would lo- love to play with you guys. I think uh, in the US are. Besides from Germany, our most fans located when I, if I, if I recall the metrics correctly, but yeah, that's like, uh, it's like really good. And um, the stage we're playing on the Summer Reef Festival is like a stage where uh, I think there are only bands from our label at that day. And it's like, uh, it's like a fiesta of our label. So they're pretty cool bands as well. And I think the biggest band is Aviana. Aviana, Aviana or so are they called? It's like a UK band and they're super heavy. I, I'm really looking forward to see them live. I kind of like their music. It's like really hard. So now you're killing me because like by saying that that day for the festival, the stage you're on is pretty much every band, like all, all the bands like, you know, from your label. Because I've had a chance, you know, look not, at not all, all uh, bands are from a label, but not every band from a label gotcha. is playing. It's like well, five bands or six. Okay, bands. so the, out of like, like, because out of the label, like, because I've I know a bunch of those bands. I've had a good amount of them on the podcast before as well, and I'm you know continuing to bring more and more on. Like I'm taking, a, I took a look at the label, and I was also thinking like, you know, if there's five or six of them, there's probably a good chance I already know like three or four of them. So I probably would end up being the person that'd be like hanging out that stage the whole entire day. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin, are you leaving this stage? Nope. <laughs> Enjoying all the music right here. But but there's a band over here. I'm waiting for the Oklahoma. <laughs> what do you expect? I, I hope we can uh, acquire some new fans. And uh, since it's on the, on, on the festival 
people are so open to new bands. It's like, uh, yeah, they just walk along and then they hear the music and they walk in and check out what's going on. And uh, I kind of like the stuff. And many people are also a bit drunk and a bit more <laughs> connective to everyone else. Like you are when you're drunk, you're funny and you you get along really nice. And we all had one thought because... Uh, uh, we need a nice new big backdrop so everyone can read the name of our band because what's the worst when the people are in front of the stage and uh, hey, I like this band, what's the name? Well, I can't tell because there's, yeah. there's no no knowledge, no nothing about this and then we need a big backdrop and we are, uh, yeah, we're working on it. We have what's the best size for all the festivals and uh, these are the small tweaks you can do to, uh, yeah, to, to connect to more people. Yeah. I've got another little uh, story for you, but like it could easily relate to something you guys might do at the festival. I was at one in September of 2021 and there was a small stage and there was a band that had in the podcast. It's a band called Seasons. And in front of their small stage, before their set, they maybe had like, you know, 400, 500 people waiting for them. But there was a stage right next to them and the band that was going to go on and play the stage that was next to them after their set was Wage War. And okay. they play, you know, they play metalcore as well. So it's like, you know, it's a perfect kind of style. So what they ended up doing was before the set even started, they were doing their sound check. And during their sound check, they were calling for like, they were trying to get more people to come like watch them play. So I was like, check one, two, check two. Hey, all, wait, all you wage war fans, you know, come over, hang out with us. Trust us. You're going <laughs> to like us. Like they were, and like people were walking by and they were like calling out to them, like come and watch the show. So what ended up happening was, was by doing that all of a sudden, 500 people turned to like a thousand turned to 1500 by the time they went on it was like an estimated 2000 people were there watching them after one song because all the wage war fans heard they all came over so by the time their set ended on this little tiny stage they had yeah. 5000 people in front of them it was but, like but the, but the, but uh, wage war wasn't playing at that time so they no. didn't pull the people away from wage war just no. for the moment no but, okay. well, but no but it was like they, again it's it's kind of something that you can do where it's like you know during this during the uh during the sound check it's like you have an opportunity like to reach <laughs> out to people and if you're going to be next to a bigger stage where no one's going to be performing at the same yeah. time you guys are you know <laughs> invite them over tell them to come on over cuz you never know might ha- that exact same thing might happen and be like it's okay if you're waiting to see that band we'll be done before they go on so you'll be good you'll be good <laughs> okay that's some uh, that's a crazy idea <laughs> i don't know i ca- i can't see that our vocalist doing <laughs> it's too much of a sellout i think but it's a it's a nice idea maybe uh, maybe our our other uh, guitar guy who's frequently talking live uh, will do it but nice nice, nice touch <laughs> it just it's just anything to add to the experience of you know bringing more people during summer breeze bringing more people over to you guys bringing more attention to your band bring more attention to Oklahoma kids so that when you guys go on stage you have the biggest crowd possible in front of you yeah and of course yeah, the yeah. best backdrop so everyone can read the name of the band so there's no question of who's on stage and then whatever you guys are going to do on stage however you know, insane you're going to play, however powerful you're going to play, just keeping them there, keeping them like intrigued, keeping them motivated to keep going. All of a sudden you're going to have, you know, potentially four or 5,000 people banging their heads, having a great time watching you guys play. So yeah. by the time the show's over, it's of course, they're all going to go their separate ways. So they're next, like the next sets they want to see, but they're talking about you guys. And then at the end of the night, when people are saying, Oh, you know, what was the best band that you saw? What's the band that you guys remember the most? Your name is going to be the one that pops up. Yeah, I think uh, one advantage you have as a small band, people don't expect much. 
especially when they don't know you, know you. If you're a big band, you have to live up to your hype and to your to your fame. And uh, and we are not a super big band. We're a kind of small band, and we uh, so people um, maybe have a lower expectation. And so we can, if we perform well, and I think most of the time we do. If you're not too drunk, <laughs> then uh, we can impress some people and get get new fans this way. I totally see that. So, so and our music is, uh, I think it's uh, diverse enough to to keep people's to keep people's attention most of the time, so they don't walk away. That's what's really important for us to don't be a band who where every song sounds the same. So it's important. It's important that every even even Each song has to have some uh, silent parts, some quiet parts, and then some heavy parts. So, so you get a, a nice dynamic from from the music, and people don't get uh, like I don't know when you when you hear what when you, if you if you hear a grindcore record for 30 minutes, it's <laughs> like you're you're deaf at some point. It's, it's all sounds the same, and you need some some uh, silence in between. Yeah, but it's really important for us. It's like the best way I can say it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm uh, not a native English speaker. So. Oh, I can totally understand that. Just, you know, imagine if you're not a grindcore fan, it's like putting a grindcore album on, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, you want to take your headphones off just because it's like, <laughs> I've heard this style over and over and over again. But it makes a lot of sense where you want to create, you know, you want to play songs, you want to create that live show setting where it's dynamic enough where you're going to have those heavy parts in there. You're going to have those softer parts in there. You're going to want to control the flow of the whole entire show so that you're in a way controlling the emotions of the crowd where the heavier stuff, you're going to want them to get going crazy. You want them to get going nuts. You're going to want to get that pit going and people smashing each other because it's fun during some of the softer parts, you know, maybe take a little bit of a break from that, get people a little bit more into the like mellow mood in a way. And all of a sudden go yeah. right back into it. Just create this whole entire experience that people are going to remember not just as like oh you know the music they remember but no when it comes to a live setting it's the visual part of it and it's feeling that energy you want to create that experience so that people connect with that and they remember it because let's be honest when it comes to live shows we remember the ones that gave us the most energy the ones that made us feel that you know most impactful it got that like net that like runners high that natural high feel of like This was awesome. Those are the ones that we remember. If you guys are able to create that with your live set, then you win. Yeah, you need to create some energy and emotions as well. And uh, I think what is really working in favor for us is like we have a lot of electronic stuff and we like to uh, include interludes, electronic interludes and some quiet songs and some songs without vocals to have a really nice diverse set with, with up and downs. And uh, so... So really good and and like like I said, every song has some built up part with a heavy part followed and some nice uh, middle eight part where it's really calm and another another every, everything's building up to a climax, which is really important for us. And I kind of really like this style of music. I don't like when it's like uh, full throttle all the time. You have to you have to hit the brakes at some point and then go go wild again. And um, this is usually how we build our sets. And I'm really looking forward how the upcoming sets will, will sound like. 
because we have to, <laughs> there's also we have a couple of different tunings now, and we have to figure out how we work with all the tunings and switching guitars and so. Never did that before. I usually only play one bass when I'm on stage, but uh, maybe I have to play two basses because uh, of all the crazy tunings we're playing. But uh, that's something for the future, and we have to figure out. You'll figure it out. Though. I mean, there's a good number of bands that have dealt with that as well. Plus, I would assume that you guys have a lot of different connections where they have gone through stuff like this with different tunings, having to go with different, you know, change out guitars during the live set. So you, I'm pretty sure you have resources at your disposal and people that you can ask to really make sure that when you guys really are going to do this, when you guys go out on the headline tour and have to work with these different tunings, that you're all set up, ready to go so that this is as seamless as possible when it comes to switching out those guitars, changing the tunings, everything around there. Yeah, we have to, this has to be uh, practiced a lot. So where this can't be, we can't eyeball it. It's not possible since we're playing on a, on a, on, on click track. And so everything is, perfectly and nice and tight it's like really really good to have that and uh so you you can program in the breaks and the time you have to tune your guitar or to change your guitar all this kind of stuff and to do announcements guys buy our merch and we are from here and here and yeah and uh what i i, what, I have to backtrack a bit but um Right before Corona, we played a really big tour, our biggest, our biggest tour so far with uh, Eminence, the Swedish. Uh, you, you heard of Eminence? Oh yeah, uh, Swedish, uh, Swedish. I think it's metalcore, Swedish metalcore band, metal band. And yeah, so we were really lucky. Even when two, 2020 was like shut down in March, but it was still the year where. I played and we played our most to, uh, shows because of, of, of this tour. We had two tours uh, back after back. The first one was with Eminence from the middle of January to how long was it? Well, four, four weeks, something like that. So the mid of uh, February. And after that, we had a smaller tour, but also a nice tour with Griva. Griva are a UK band. Um, and they are really cool guys. Shout out. And uh, so we played... I think I played over 40 shows in uh, in these three months. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. But then, but then COVID hit the world and yeah, everything shuts down. But uh, still a successful year in terms of that. And at that point, we really wanted to do more. But yeah, that's how it went. <laughs> but I mean, if you're taking a look at that as well, when it comes to just how 2020 turned out, it's, but from, you know, when the year started to when the shutdown happened in the middle of March, playing 40 shows in that time period, I mean, that's 40 shows in maybe, what, 70, 75 days? So there's yeah. that's a lot. And that is making sure that, you know, when that happened, even though we didn't really know when it was going to happen, it ended up happening. You had so much already in there where, I'm trying to think of a good way to put it, where, yeah, there's a lot of bands that, you know, maybe played a couple of shows in 2020, maybe didn't even play at all because of just the way things were, but you guys like had all these different shows under your belt so that when that happens, like, okay, you know, take a break because of the COVID thing. Yeah. You know, guys kind of were set up for that, but then all of a sudden it just kept dragging on longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. It's like, when is this going to end? Thankfully it looks like it did. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Yeah. It was a, it was, it was a crazy experience. What's the, what was the first uh, tour, big tour like that I have ever uh, participated in. And it was, it was hard. It was nice, but it also, it's really taxing. It's like, 
you can imagine yeah, if you're with the same guys. I, we, we as a band, we get really along really well with, with with each other. Everyone knows everyone so long, and when we're not that young anymore, we're a bit older, into twenties, early thirties, and you you're a bit you matured a bit, and you don't get hot headed about small stuff, so you're you're calm. But what happened? Or what I think during the tour, I sick like two times or three times because if one person gets sick and you're sitting in the car each day with this person for eight hours straight and this was before everyone had face masks and all the stuff uh, everyone had had the, the sicknesses flu or something at some point and what happened was uh, tom our, our vocal guy uh, he couldn't sing for the first five or six shows and uh, he went to a doctor in London and he got diagnosed with, I think he had to take some, uh, how it's called, antibioticas, this is stuff uh, which uh, kills all the, all the bacteria. bacteria. Yeah, yeah. This, this stuff. And I, after that, he had some with his throat or his uh, out calls, the stuff, <laughs> the stuff on the back of your, of your throat. I don't know, these, these, these things. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so we played some acoustic sets, but we were we were uh, we were the opener on the tour. So we played with Eminence and the other band, the other opener band or the pre-headliner was Acres. Acres, it's like a Melo hardcore band, hardcore band from UK. Super nice guys. These guys were so funny, but it was exactly how I expected to be. Guys from the UK, super funny, <laughs> super super nice. And uh, shout out to them as well. I think they are getting out new music soon and actually the acres bassist uh, jack he who he did all our artworks for our upcoming record tender and tragic and uh, he's a really talented guy a really nice style and yeah so we played the instrumental sets and tom missed out on some nice shows i think we he missed out on amsterdam on london and on paris maybe on paris uh, maybe paris was the first day he he, he uh, was back again but yeah it was a bit we had to announce it in the beginning of each show luckily i don't have to do it but uh <laughs> yeah was like a ex new experience to just uh play the instrumental stuff mm -hmm. But luckily, our music is interesting enough to to keep the people's attention. It's like we have some techy parts and some gentle stuff and some uh, crazy rhythmics. So yeah, that's that's enough for the for the opener. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But plus, yeah, it was a great experience. I'll say plus even being the opener on that as well. Because one of the major things that when it comes to me when I go to shows is one thing I always kind of watch out for is the flow of the energy of the show where it's something where, you know, the headliner is going to be where the energy kind of like is going to potentially peak. But it's like we want to lead up to that perfectly. And as the opener of all of a sudden, yeah, if Tom ha can't sing for a couple of shows, and you guys are opening up, you let that be known. But now you're going to play an acoustic like acoustic set, but also like really add more of the interesting part to it. What's going to end up happening, which I'm pretty sure what happened at this point was, you know, the fans are still going to be engaged. And by the time, you know, Acres would go on, it's like 
the engagement is still there. So when Acres comes out, it's like the energy is ready to flow right into them. And it doesn't feel like that energy is like, okay, you know, it's going up and all of a sudden it goes down and goes back up again. And it's fine to do that like in a set, but like when it comes to a whole entire like, you know, tour, it's like up, down, up, down. It can get, I've seen it before. It can get kind of messy and it can feel kind of messy if it's not done right. But just kind of in that vein, kind of building up to it's like you're giving people something that they're not fully expecting but you're not messing with the flow of the energy yeah. of that of that uh of that set or full energy of the whole entire show you might have been actually you know adding to it in a completely different way that you might not have expected so that all of a sudden you're playing those shows then you know the next bands go on and it just adds more of the flow you might have given people something they had no idea they ever really wanted but you gave it to them and now they're just like oh, hell yeah man that was pretty freaking cool. Yeah, it's like, it's like, I think the worst thing is when one of the first bands is better than the headliner. So you, you have to, you have to look how much you can chew as a, as a band. Mm. I think we have some on the, for our own tour, we have some really good support bands and yeah, we have to step things up to don't look bad compared to them. So it's like, it's like a new kind of motivation. So so you don't uh to don't slack too much but yeah i i totally see that you have uh, need some kind of progression some kind of yeah curve how you how you structure your your tour and your bands you're touring with well there's kind of a hierarchy in terms of how big is the band you can you can put some can put some big band on the start and yeah. then some small band in between it's like no it's not how it works but yeah but you can definitely uh, see uh, what kind of flow what kind of energy are the bands uh, giving out to the crowd and um, then hopefully the highest point is when the headliner starts and so yeah give a really nice experience to all the guys who are paying and coming up and yeah we have to appreciate it that all all the people who come to every show it's like the most important thing for us oh absolutely kind of like kind of even talking about that as well as i totally understand what about like the hierarchy because you know you're not going to put a band that could potentially draw like three four thousand people first and all of a sudden a band that's going to draw maybe a thousand people after them it's just again that hierarchy doesn't make sense but i have seen it where you know so there's a one of the tours that's happening in the u.s in august it's uh um, it starts out with bad omen, so it's like you're gonna get some energy there. Then it goes to Beartooth, and it's like, okay, who's gonna end up topping Beartooth's energy? Well, the headliner's a day to remember, so it's like energy wise, okay. like that just fits. Yeah. But the knock loose show I went to, it was like I forgot who the opener was, but then Kublai Khan went on next, and Kublai Khan just is pretty much is just as heavy and crazy as knock loose. Then they went to this pop punk band called Movement, so it's like the energy really dips. But the way that, again, it all depends upon the show's construction. The, the flow of the show didn't really get messed with because if you go from Kublai Khan to Knock Loose, all of a sudden, you know, you're going from absolute crazy, absolute crazy. You get that pop punk band in there. You get that little bit of a dip. You get the breaks all of a sudden when Knock Loose comes on. We just go just as nuts. We get that little bit of a breather. So it all depends upon how the flow of the show is created. I have seen somewhere it's like, okay, the opener does come in and the following band, it's like, well, we're still jazzed up from the opener, but it's just like, it's just not the same. But if you yeah, get that yeah. perfect energy flow, and then with you guys on this new headlining tour, or the rescheduled headlining tour, I should say, with that knowledge of, you know, these uh, these other bands that you guys have on the tour, they're just as good, or they're just, you know, just can play just as well. They're going to bring the energy. They're going to bring the passion, knowing that, you know, they're going to be able to bring it, but we got to step up our game so we don't fall short of it. That mindset already is going to take it into 
creating a one hell of a show, creating that one hell of an experience for everyone in the crowd that night. Yeah, that's our, that's our, that's our goal. That uh, for a band of our size, we we really we deliver. We have to deliver. I don't want to overshoot the expectations, but uh, yeah, we will make things work, and every everyone should be pleased with what they see on stage and we, here. We'll just go with this. When it comes to the Oklahoma yeah. Kid, they deliver. They deliver. Gotta, we deliver. You, we, <laughs> like <they> FedEx. <laughs> <laughs> they deliver like FedEx. You just got to see it for yourself. Well, I mean, as, as much as we talk about, you know, everything that's been going on and all this stuff, the live shows, well, especially the fact that, you know, this is going to be your for the headlining tour that's been, you know, postponed two years because of the pandemic. One thing you did say at the beginning that I did want to jump back to was with uh, Tangerine Treasure coming out, of course, June 3rd, 2022, you said that with the pandemic, this kind of changed up your writing process, your recording process compared to what you'd previously done just based off of the circumstances. So what was that difference like? Okay, now I now I have to dig a bit. I have I have to dig a bit. I th I think the most important thing wa was uh, our approach was like we have to of course to to do something different and our main writer is, is Fred our guitar player he's like a giga head from the band and he's like uh, really into the stuff and he takes time to take a lot of inspiration especially from not metal music and I think the thing with Solar Ray of our previous record was that there were songs in which we played like for so long already before the record came out because uh, we had really trouble with recording and all this stuff and the, these new ideas we put on our upcoming record Tangerine Tragic are more fresh they are like uh, more they were thought of more in a condensed way like in a shorter period of time maybe uh, maybe it's good maybe it's a good thing maybe it's a bad thing but as a band member and I have heard the record, I can say it's a good thing. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, and especially when it comes to, you know, like you said with Solar Ray, where you had a lot of those songs on there that you've played for a good amount of time already. So hmm. when it came to actually putting out their recording, it just didn't feel as fresh. It didn't feel as invigorated just because of the fact that, you had all those on there. I mean, when the people heard it, though, for the first time, I mean, it's definitely going to have that fresh feel to it. But when it comes to the band specifically, you're already used to these songs. So when it comes to, you know, yeah. new album, yeah. <laughs> it's these songs you've been working on these songs, but they weren't as for, they're like they're good. They still all have that, you know, that fresh feel where they don't feel like you've played them so many times where it's like, OK, we got this one again. We got to play this one again. It's like, ooh, we got a new one. Ooh. This is still new. Ooh, I remember this one. Ooh, ooh. Like, just constantly surprising yourself. Yeah, it's a uh, super excited for all the upcoming stuff. All the songs uh, you have to play live for the first time. We had, uh, we had one little show back in uh, October of 2021, uh, exactly on Halloween. And we played in Berlin. And uh, we played there one of our already released songs i think it's melt into you and it was really nice and the, 
we played our old set from our tour, but we added the new song. And the old songs were like, yeah, whatever, it's perfectly perfect muscle memory. You don't have to do anything. And then the new song comes up, which is not a hard song, but not by any means. But but you're, oh, okay, okay, I have to make things work. And uh, can I bang to this part? And can I can I can I move while playing this riff? And yeah, this this is the kind of stuff which I think every band has to 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 work with with all the new records. But it's nice it's a nice experience and once you figure it out and uh, make it all work it's like it's like super cool and looking looking really forward to this to all these these new songs but i think i'm i don't know how much uh, if i ask when a band plays a new uh, release a new record what's your idea of the best set in terms of old songs and new songs uh, what's the best ratio mm-hmm. If oh I man, you. that is a good question. Well, and it depends on how good is the record, but uh... <laughs> it depends on a couple of things for me specifically. I think the main two things depends upon is a how good or three things. How good is the record? Um, how many records has the band previously put out, and how well does the record flow in with everything previously? So the reason behind that is I think it was one. How good is the record? Of course, you know if the record comes out and it's just it, it, and I mean, it happens from bands from time to time where the records just don't live up to the expectation. Of course, you know, if you have 10 records that come out and you rank them one to 10, something's got to be at the bottom. Exactly. So, exactly. so you never know what part that is until, you know, it gets released and you see how the people interact with it. The second one is, you know, how many band, how many albums does the band have out? Because this is a, this is a great example. I'll use rise against as the example. They've put out nine albums so far, and they released their last one in 2021. So when it came to putting new songs in there, you're going to want to put new songs in the set, but you're not going to want to oversaturate the new stuff because people have listened to the band for so long. They really connect with so many of the older songs. You want to sprinkle so many of those in as well. When it comes to you guys, I mean, this is your second full, you know, full-length album. There's a couple of EPs out there as well. So you have a little bit less on that to play with so you have a little bit more yeah. to work with with these new songs and put them out there and of course the third is you know how do these songs flow in through the rest of the show and do they flow in with the songs that we already play so that you can create that best live set so when it comes to like bands that are like you know i'd say like really really big like you know and have a lot of different albums out usually when it comes to new albums out like for the first, like, like their headlining tour, the first one they'll do, I've seen them play, like, you know, maybe three, maybe four, but still have, like, you know, it's a headlining show with, like, say, 17, 18 songs, like, three or four off the new album. And then as time goes on, it ends up becoming less. It becomes maybe one or two, maybe even none, depending upon, again, how the album is. But from your guys' perspective, it's like, okay, you know, second LP, you've got uh, 11 songs on here. How many do you put in a live set of, um, let's say, between 14 and 15 songs? I mean, for me, I would expect anywhere in my my mind. I would expect anywhere between five and six. Five and six, yeah. I think that I think that's a good number. Well, it really depends on how long your set is. Like you said, mm-hmm. really big bands. I thought in my head about uh, Metallica and how they do it, and uh, yeah. but they play like a three-hour set, and that's <laughs> like okay, okay. They play the whole new record, and then they can still play all the classics, and everything yeah. works out. But yeah, yeah, I. Let's see. We we yeah we we have some singles out there, and of course we want to play the songs which are already known, which are the singles, mm-hmm. obviously, and um, maybe some other songs. 
really hits a spot from the record, even without a dedicated single. And maybe we include them as well. And of course, we also got our staples from our EPs and from our first record. And uh, yeah, we have we have to make we have to make it work. And then also some intro and some outro and some interlude and some custom stuff. And maybe we extend some songs. This is what we used uh, we, we used to do, and maybe we will do it again. We had some songs where we uh, extended it a bit. Just. Uh, there was like the second song from our last record and uh, on the on the on the record itself there's a breakdown but not with much of a build up and just we added some time and repeated the 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 riff and before the breakdown to just to enhance it anymore if would have been nice if we put it on the record like that, but yeah, we ended up doing it live like that. And I really like this kind of small tweakings you do. Uh, just, if we do it like this, just do it one one more time, and then it will hit like yeah, hit like a truck, and it's like really nice. And I'm looking forward to this process of uh, tweaking the set. Yeah, that's like the next big thing we're planning to do. It's like uh, it's not that easy actually not that easy you can't just throw some songs in you have to really think careful about uh, how you do it and which song fits the the next one and the previous one so yeah it's like it's like a big thing i think uh, most of the bands have have struggles with it even when, especially when you have like 10 records and you have to <laughs> oh god what are we doing so many yeah. songs so many songs well I just that's just the fact that you said like you know tweaking some of these songs just to make them a little bit different for the live set like you know if you got a quick build up to a breakdown no for the live set you know build up on that a little bit more that is one thing that as a fan I am absolutely in love with just because if I want to hear the if I want to hear the song the like the the exact way it's on the record why not just listen to the record? It's right there for you. <laughs> the best example I have, this was recently, I uh, got to see the band Caskets live. They're from the UK. I've had them on the podcast. So they're great guys. And I saw them live and it's like, I know their songs. I know their sound. But during their live set, it's like everything was just a little, sounded a little bit heavier. And I'm just like, ooh, this is interesting. Then they threw in some unclean vocals in certain parts that I had no idea were coming. But nice. it made the show so much cooler because it's like, I'm getting even surprised, even though I know all these songs, and I know how they're supposed to sound on the record, but like I'm getting these little different surprises and it works all in with the flow of the show where it's, you know, you want people to get, get that build up in there. Yeah. Extend that build up a little bit to the breakdown. So all of a sudden, you know, if it's a heavy breakdown, then you get the people in the pit to like back it up, back it up, back it up. Exactly. And the exactly, hits and it's exactly. just <laughs> smash. Yeah. Yeah, some some good some good old wall of death. From the top of my head, I was thinking about uh, I think uh, one of the not biggest shows I've ever visited was Slipknot and Slipknot. And I don't know if you ever seen Slipknot live, but when they play Spit It Out, which is like a two minute song on the record, they stretch it to like seven minutes <laughs> with one big build apart, where they totally make clear that everyone has to sit down sit down on the crouch on the floor and when it all starts everything has to jump up so that's really crazy and metallica also do this kind of stuff i think they're sick and destroy song they yeah it's like seven minutes on the record and there are some shows where they stretch it to 20 minutes where they only repeat the seek and destroy part all the time in, ten, in so many different ways and as a band we totally can do that especially with like uh, announcing uh, so split up a wall of death and everyone knows what's coming and blah 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 and i count you in and that's yeah that's that's crazy stuff and this is something that only 
only works live. You can't mm -hmm. do that part. You can you can't put it on the record because it would be boring. But uh, live it works, and uh, totally looking forward to uh, to having this more on the set to have more interaction with the people. It's like really important for us. All right. Now I got an interesting question for you around this. And usually I've been asking people like, you know, that have new records come out. It's like, okay, we know the singles are out there, but like, what's your favorite song? That's not a single, but I'm going to go a little bit of a different route because you're going to be playing these songs live. Which song off the new record are you most excited to play in a live setting? Um, I know it from the top of my head, but I can't, <laughs> I You release it when the record is already out, right? <laughs> Because uh, I want, I, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the name, but I think I'm allowed to say. I mean, I think so, the track listing is already, I probably, I, prob I could do this. I could just go online right now and see if the track listing is available. And if the track list is available. I, yeah, then... I think it's, yeah, I think it's available. Okay. I know the song. It's like, uh, we, we will definitely play it. It's, uh, it's called, it's the German name, Waldsterben. And Waldsterben means literally, uh, Forest dying. This is like, uh, yeah, the name for it. And it's a really, really heavy song. I'm into the heavy stuff. And this is one of our heaviest songs ever. It's an F tuning, super deep. And it has a super sick, uh, super sick build up. It's like, like Andrea said, uh, it's like six breakdowns in a row or something. Like that. It's, like, it's like really crazy. And I'm really looking forward to how the people will react to it. And yeah, that would be really nice. <laughs> All right, Rob, I, I got to say this because I, I, I was looking through my notes on, on the whole entire album because I went through the whole entire thing. And I'm like, when I asked that, I'm like, I want you to say a certain song, but I also don't want you to say it because one, I want you to say the song that I was that was my favorite on the album. But two, I don't want to say it because now I'm going to feel, you know, even more insanely jealous and like I'm going to potentially miss out on something that's absolutely insane. <laughs> and of course, that's the song you pick. You pick my favorite song off the record for this one. <laughs> really, really nice. <laughs> absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's up there with with my favorite songs. Might be might be even my favorite song. So so you so you listen to the whole thing already. I Listen figured. to the whole thing, and I mean, I'm never gonna be able to pronounce it right, but that song, that one, was the one that just took me completely by surprise. Because I was even trying to like figure out the meaning of the song. I'm like, I looked up the word, and I just had to look it up. And what you talk about, like, oh, you know, deforestation. I'm like, I know exactly what deforestation, song forest dying, yeah. more like literally. Uh, yeah, it was more for literally it. forest dying, not deforestation. Because yeah. deforestation is more like humans removing yeah, the forest. Exactly. No, But, no, like, it's this like this was different. Uh, this is the, the forest died. <laughs> In a bad way, it's like in a bad way, like some pollution happens or some smog, and the forest just uh, can't stand anymore and just dies. Yeah, it's like the German word for it. Yeah, we have a couple of German words up out there. Nice, nice to hear. But I, I, I thought of that you like the heavy stuff as well. <laughs> not, yeah, not the, well, because like listening through this one too, because I'm like, I'm like thinking of like bands that like it reminded me of, just like with the energy and the style. I'm like, it's got like this flow of like while she sleeps and wage war. There's architects and for. But, like, also at the same time, there's this energy and this manicness of, like, Fever 333. There's even times where Tom flows in patterns like Jason Allen Butler from Fever 333 with more of that, like, kind of, like, punk setting to it. So there's so much going on with this track as well. But just the heaviness behind it, just the way that the energy flows. Because the song is, like, as I kind of even have here, it's all over the place with its energy. But it all flows together so well that you can't really just like you you can't like get lost in it 
where everything, there's so many different kinds of energy coming your way, but the way that it's constructed, the way that it flows from one part to the next, going along with that energy, you're never going to feel like, you know, you're getting lost in the song. It's like, it, it fits so well to the point where, I mean, you're making me really, really, really reconsider any plans I have for June and October to try and come <laughs> over to Germany to, and, and Europe as well to see this song played live like two or three times. <laughs> yeah well maybe if we uh if everything works perfectly for us and everything lines up we uh we will visit us someday i can i can't foresee it i can't foresee it but it might happen might happen we just have to to give it our all we just got to keep you know bringing out like promoting this kind of stuff as well because even uh i think it was the interview I recently recorded before this was another band off of the same level you guys are, I believe, with a band called Future Palace. Yeah, I know, I know them, Future Palace. They're yeah, really, I think, new to the scene. I've I just heard recently of them, like a year ago. But uh, yeah, they seem really nice. Yeah, it's like they, to see them. Yeah, they got a record coming out like the like I think a week after you guys do. It's like okay, can we get these Ooh. two records? I'm like, can we get these two records out because I've got a feeling this with these two records with your record with Future Palace is where. You know, we just need, especially over here in the U.S., we just need eyes and ears on them. We just need to have people just like get a taste and just get a chance at them at some point in time because just the way that both of them sound, and I'm going to go specifically more on yours with them, with the way that the heaviness is on yours, but the way, you know, all these different songs flow together so well with all these different influences in there. You get some of the Gentsy stuff in there, you get some of the electronic stuff in there, but everything fits in with sometimes, you know, some kind of more of like a metal course, maybe more of a modern metal sound, maybe just straight metal, whatever it might be. There's so much going on here where you're never going to, you know, listen to this album and like, you know, get bored with it. There's so much going on here where you're going to constantly be listening to it. And even when I listened to it too, you know, I was listening to it at work today before I we, we did this. And I was noticing a couple of small little differences than when I first listened to it, when I second listened, when I third time listened to it. Like I was just noticing small little things that I did not pick up on. It's kind of like a movie where, you know, you have to watch it a couple of times to get the whole entire thing and understand the whole entire thing because there are certain subtle nuances and certain pieces that are in there that you just did not pick up on at first, but then you pick up on them and it just clicks something in your head and the song takes on this whole nother life within you. Like that's what happened with some of these songs. I'm especially, I mean, again, can you pronounce that name of the song? Cause I'm never going to be able to do it. I don't want to mess it up too bad. Which song again is a deforestation song or what? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the forest dying song. I just don't want to mess up the name. Wald, Wald sterben. It's like, it's like two words as one word. Wald is forest and uh, sterben is uh, dying. <laughs> Wald sterben. That's a perfect German pronunciation. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. So again, thank you for that. But like, yeah, it's just, it's just like this song. It's, I mean, every time I listen to it, there's one small little instance. Cause it was when I first listened to it, I really got in the whole entire, you know, the metal, like the more the metal core side of things with some of the greedy, unclean industrial electronics over it that really added to it. But then the second time I listened to it, the third time I listened to it, that's when I started picking up on more like some manic fever, three, three, three type energy. And then like the different vocal patterns that Tom uses, some of the flow of that really fits in with that style. And it's just, it was like it's like a it's like a Christmas gift. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, we we have uh, the songs are pretty detailed. There are many small things. I 
even forget about and then i when i hear it again oh nice oh, oh th this part had backing vocals oh that's a nice delay and this sounds awesome and wow this part and it's like yeah it's like a uh, really good we had a really nice time in the studio and uh, we had a really good producer uh, which is not a metal guy at all which was really important for us that we don't uh, fall in the same 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 mold every time so we picked someone from outside the genre to work with us and i think uh his approach did a lot for us and so like, yeah it was a really so, nice experience so i do want to ask what was his approach like for this because i do believe that is definitely one of the main reasons why this album stands out so much in my mind and why these songs stand out so much because you had someone with a completely different perspective producing this so when it came to certain aspects of, you know, making certain things stand out a little bit more in the mix, when it came to just making sure things maybe were dropped back more so other things could stand out in contrast, like it created a lot of different energy on this album than I expected, but it all made sense. Like I said, that, that with, um, God, I'm going to, I, the, the fourth dying song, I'm going to keep that up. <laughs> yeah. It was with that one, and you know what? I might even put it in the uh, in the description of the podcast. Like this is what we're talking about because I'm. If you want to look for it, and you keep you know hearing me say the Forest Dying song, that's the one. So, okay. like when it comes to that one, it's just the way the energy flows. You know, maybe if you had a producer that was just strictly you know for, focused in on metal, it might not have turned out like that just because the diff like a potential idea or a potential mindset wasn't there to maybe make that flow the way it did in post production. Yeah, different producers, they all are used to a different style of music. And he's, as I said, he's not a metal guy at all. He produced like, I can't even tell when he did the last metal record. And uh, I think the biggest thing he did for us was all the electronic stuff. He's really good with this and really into it. We are we are really good with it as well, but uh, he's really detailed with it and has a lot of knowledge to spare. And yeah, and we we definitely used that. And uh, I think also the vocal stuff were, were really important for him. And uh, because he comes more from a rock indie music background, all this kind of stuff, so softer, not even yeah, not even really hard and. Uh, yeah, I think that really played played out well for us. So if you hear a nice electronic part, it's like uh, most of his work. His name is Jan, Jan Kircher. It's a really, really nice guy. Shout outs to him as well. Ghost oh, City Records, I think it's called. Ghost City oh, Records, yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to like the, again, the Forest Dying song, like the industrial, like electronic inclusion over, like, especially in the beginning, kind of adding that to it. Again, looking at the word, it's like, you know, think Forest Dying, you're thinking pollutants in the air. You're thinking that's exactly. what's really taken out. Putting like some industrial feeling electronics in there. Now you're adding more of this like you know m m steel metal you know production exactly. kind of feel, especially when you're thinking industrial, and that caused a lot of pollutants in the air. That's what caused a lot of pollution. That's what caused a lot of the forest dying stuff. So the connection there is just intense. Like it makes so much sense. Yeah. Definitely. That was this was our intent. There have to be some really disturbing metal sounding. Uh, since so you can uh, so you can feel it it's funny how you can uh, how you hear a uh, certain sound and you have like you in your eye you see you see like metal and you see smokestacks and everything uh, and every everything is getting destroyed makes perfectly sense and yeah on the other hand on with softer songs you can uh, have a really nice really nice uh, sound environment 
So that's a, it's a really good way to emphasize your music and to add additional feelings and a whole new layer to everything. So if you're just working uh, with guitar and bass and uh, drums, uh, you don't get the whole idea. That's why it's really important for us to also have this 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 kind of sounds live. And since we don't have a synth guy who sits uh, with key with keys on on the stage, it's uh it's coming out of the backing track, <laughs> the mighty backing track. Hey, but sometimes that mighty backing track. I mean, I'd rather have that mighty backing track in a live setting to make the show as best as possible. Instead of exactly, you know, we're not exactly. going to have this live backing track because oh, we we don't need it. But what if it makes the song that much better? Roll with it, yeah, man. Roll yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, you you have to do it. The music will won't be the music uh, we thought of with, without the backing track playing. Maybe some people don't like this idea, but I don't know. I mean, we can hire a guy who's playing the keys live. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that does the trick for some people. But uh, it's modern music. It's it's called modern metal for a reason. So uh, yeah, we we take that liberty to 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 yeah to get to our point and to deliver our music as good as possible and this and to say this taking that liberty definitely definitely worked because when i first got a hold of the album when i first got a chance to listen to it i mean what i always do is i will always listen to it from top to bottom in the first run because that's the way you guys put it together that's the way you guys present it you know the track listing you guys put that together in a very specific way so i want to go yeah. through the ride that you guys want to you know take me on and take you know everyone else on because that's how you guys will have it listed so of course start out you know first song i'm like okay let's click on this one let's start out to dance with fire let's just see what happens here i think i got through maybe 10 seconds of that song before i reach back out to answer pr i'm like yes 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 i want to click it on the podcast yes yes like okay, it took 10 okay, seconds okay. and i was like i was in it was that yeah. quick that's nice. That's, that's that's a good sign. Yeah, actually, uh, to figure out the track list is like that's a process in itself, man. It's like it's like not easy. It's like uh, you start you start with nothing. Like everyone uh, says nothing to each other and just writes their track list down, and uh, then you see some uh, where where everyone has the same idea, and then you see okay, this might work. But uh, actually, we had. Uh, I think our drummer wanted our the last song from the record as the first song. So and this in itself is like crazy because the last songs are mostly like the most experimental songs. And but we were close to doing it that way. So yeah, it's it's really really interesting how this whole process works of how we structure the record. Especially in times where people, it's nice to hear from you that you hear a whole record, but many people are don't listening whole records, <laughs> just uh, having it on shuffle or just putting the favorite songs on the playlist, which is totally fine. I'm doing this all myself all the time, but yeah, but whole, hearing a whole record is like really that's the fan stuff. That's the nice stuff, and bands are putting a lot of effort in their tracklist. Usually they do, I think. We we well, did. We yeah. did. Well, of course, you know, as time goes on, as, you know, and people listen to more music, they're going to end up, you know, even on the albums that they really enjoy, they're going to end up just putting them on shuffle at times because, you know, you've listened to them a good amount of times or, you know, you find some songs like you put them on a playlist. But usually if there's a brand new album coming out and it's sort of a band that you like or a band you want to check out, listen to the whole thing top to bottom the way it was intended because then you get the full feeling of that. There have been albums that I've done that to where, you know, I've listened to them and there are certain songs that have absolutely stood out to me 
because I listened to them through that track listing. And a, and a great example of that is uh, on Polaris's 2020 record, The Death of Me. I was listening through it from top to bottom, and it was, you know, I knew the singles were out there, but it wasn't until I got to song number seven, Above My Head, where all of a sudden it was like, that was a deep cut. I got to it, and I listened to it once, wasn't really paying attention, and then I went through the whole entire album again. Like, just give it one more time. I got back to that song, and then, like, that was it. Like, I was just, like, focusing at this point, and everything just took off. Like, I'm like, I, I got, I was shocked at like how much I connected with this song. So, and it was all helped out by going through that process. Had I just listened yep. to it like on my own, yeah, I, I still probably would have liked the song, but it wouldn't have hit as heavy as it did when I listened to it through the way the track listing was. And now when I listen to it, it hits just as heavy every single time. Yeah, exactly. That's why many bands put out a concept records where uh, you have to listen it in a certain order because it's like meant it's like a like a piece theater piece on stage. Like uh, everything has to go according to how it's structured, and you can't can't just jump around in the track list. But it's we don't. It's not a concept. Album. you can totally you can shuffle it. But yeah, uh, we put some thought into it. There's there's some nice build up within the yeah. playlist. And even with uh, even with one of the members of your band like wanting to put that was it your drummer that wanted to put the last song at, at the yeah track? our drummer Dave yeah see honestly like looking through it as well because I got to take a look at my notes just to make sure that I get this right like I really understand where potentially this could have been the first song on the record but again with it being the most criminal having at the back end. It's you get to it. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like that you earned this song and you earn this potential new experimental side of things. You get to you potentially get to see a little bit more of the differences that you guys are trying to put into this and see even a little bit more of this like potential Easter egg of where could the band go next? It's kind of like leaving. It's kind of like, you know, you're reading a book and you get to like, you know, three quarters of the way through it. And then the pages are blank because it's like, well, they haven't been written yet. It's got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> like song of fire and ice i hope hopefully not uh it's not game of thrones season eight where it's not been written and <laughs> no not game of thrones no, no, season no, eight no, no, no. yeah but uh yeah I, t I totally see that i totally see that yeah but i i still think putting to dance fire at the absolute start of this was just absolutely a fantastic move because again like i said 10 seconds in i'm like i am already hooked into this it took 10 seconds and when I always think about this too, when it comes to streaming, I think the average time that people listen to a song like on stream before they get into it or like in a band or an album is 10 seconds. All of a sudden they see the album, you put on that one, the first 10 seconds, you already have people hooked. Like you had me like fully diving into this after 10 seconds. And no matter what else is going to happen, it was like, you know, I'm not missing the rest of this record if that's what it's going to start out like. And then the rest of the record, you continue to go through, and it does not disappoint as it goes down. It keeps up with that intrigue all the way through and through. Yeah, that's that's really important, the early parts of the song. People are used to, uh, yeah. I think for, for myself, it's like the first 30 seconds because sometimes you have a long intro or so. 10 seconds is like really, uh, that's, that's the hard mode. But yeah, you have to catch people early on the record. Totally understandable. If you put some stinkers in the beginning, <laughs> like no, you can't put all the best songs uh, in the back. They have to be. There has to be some juicy stuff, and the the meat, the the potatoes and the meat had to be early on the record. 
and some experimental stuff later on also mixed with some good songs so it's all the records has <laughs> everything has to be good because sometimes, sometimes you get those experimental songs on the record and it's like those become the best songs and the biggest songs because it's people aren't expecting them but they get to it it's just like wow we were not expecting that but holy shit is it awesome yeah, we, we had on our previous record, we had a song which we uh, never did a single or promoted in any way. We just put it out there and it's one of our most listened songs on Spotify, which is crazy. And it's really, it's like the really heavy and it's really difficult to play. We never played it live. It got really difficult to play. So, But maybe someday, someday we will we will play it live. We will overcome the struggle and <laughs> and put it on there. Put it this way, when you're playing in front of like, you know, three, four thousand people on a nightly basis, yeah, break it out at that point because you might be able to add a little couple of backing tracks in between just to make sure, you know, everything flows through okay. <laughs> just cover it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, if it's if it's somewhere, you know, it's as long as you're playing as long as you're still playing live, but giving people the opportunity to hear that live and giving the people opportunity to really enjoy that live, and of course, me going crazy in the pit, having a good time, you know, potentially getting you know injured taking that risk you know that's a risk i'm willing to take yeah that's nice to hear nice to hear please don't kill yourself man um i'll put it like kill myself no broken bones yeah that's happened <laughs> you, you you broke you broke bones live in the pit broke bones live in the pit uh for asking alexandria i broke my <sighs> which pinky was it was my right or my left oh, my no. right pinky broke, broke my right pinky Went down to the basement of the venue to have the EMTs look at it. All they could do was just like, basically, I tried to reset it myself, but I'm not a medical professional. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. They pulled it back out, reset it. They didn't even have a splint, so we taped it up. They told me I should leave and go to the hospital. I paid 60 bucks for this show, so I just ran upstairs and ran in the middle of the crowd. So I'm like, they're not finding me in here. And then and then I'm like, don't mosh, Kevin. Don't mosh. Don't mosh the rest of the night. Just to, you know, make sure you don't injure your finger any further. Yeah, the headliner was a day to remember. That was not happening. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. This, this sounds crazy. This, I'm, what I'm totally scared of. Imagine yeah. if I break my pinky. Oh, and yeah. it's like It's like not the most important finger for playing, but it's, it's I don't want to break a finger at all. But yeah, that's, uh, no, that can no. happen. It's really I'll, nice if people uh, are willing to do this. I'll put it this way, Rob. Don't you, when it comes, to, don't break the finger or your fingers in the pit. Let let me do that for let me do that for okay, us. Yeah, yeah, okay. Let me take care. I already, already did it once, so we're pretty much covered for you know a couple of years at least. Deal, nice. We do it like that. But please don't break uh, any bone at all. But when you do, do it, <laughs> do it during one of our shows. Do it during one of your shows, and then quickly just go get it taken care of and come right back. And it's like, okay, he's good. Okay, why well, his hand might be all wrapped up, but he's still going. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, he's fine. He's fine. Crazy. He'll have a couple beers after the show. He won't remember. He won't. He won't even feel it. He won't even like think of it anymore. He'll be good. <laughs> it's gone. It's it's healed already. <laughs> of course. Oh, oh, absolutely. Well, one thing I always like to do whenever I go through albums, like I always take a look at like uh, putting together like an overall, like okay, how do I summarize this album up for everybody? How would I put it together? And for and for of course for uh, for this one. Because I do want to make sure I don't frick up or uh, fucking name again. Tangerine Tragic. Because I had like, I couldn't remember the name for some reason in my head. I had it in my head, but I couldn't remember. But what do I say about Tangerine Tragic by the Oklahoma Kid? Well, you guys working with Jan as the producer. Does this really bring more of a perspective to the outside, like from an outside genre? It's a bold step because 
that it's, you know, that potential mismatch of sound and quality, it could really mess up a lot of things. But on this album, that was never the case. The band was able to take their modern metal style, mix it with so many different influences from metal, like Architects, Wage War, While She Sleeps, alongside other genres like punk, post-hardcore, electronica, pop, and even some 8-bit style music that you would expect to hear on, like, an old Nintendo, to really create something that is heavy, fun, deep, all at the same time. From the get-go, The Dance with Fire had me hooked with the electronic distortion contrasting against a much heavier metalcore and gent backing, with heavier and clean vocals to match up against the danger of what uh, we like to do and going to do it anyway. Come Undone meshes metal and post-hardcore in such a way where the heaviness is felt in the brutal guitars and vocals, but the sound and flow of emotion to break from like a puppet master influencing feel works. And there's a xylophone feel at the end, and that's just a cherry on top of it all. It's like a Sunday, and you get to that point, it's a cherry on top of it all. The Forest Dying song, again, I don't want to mess up the name because I probably will, <laughs> is the standout track in my mind, mixing gritty industrial intro with the metal core influence of While She Sleeps and the punk flow of Fever 333 to flow energy through and through this song with anger and aggression over, you know, dying trees or even potentially being killed by conformity the way I looked at it. Lost Purpose made me smile, mixing like an 8-bit synth style and then going to more of this melodic metalcore feel in the chorus to really break through another feeling lost in conformity. Overall, this album is all over the place, and it's absolutely for the best. It's like a box of chocolates that you love. You never know what you're going to get, but you know what you're going to get is going to be really, really good. Awesome, man. Nice, nice. Nice writing, man. It's like, yeah, summed up perfectly. Couldn't say it better myself. Summed up. And one thing else I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to, you know, I got a list on my, on a uh, picture frame up on my, uh, on my wall over here. Just some stuff that I like to, you know, keep notes on just because it's interesting. It's a list of top 10 albums from 2022 because I just want to keep a running tally of like the best albums I think and, you know, what albums I'd put in a top 10. And I've got a bunch of different albums up on here right now. And there's a lot of bands on this list that do not come from the United States. Not going to Because right now, I'm telling you, all over the world, music is fantastic. And right yeah. now, there is, let's see, two, four, six, eight. There are nine albums on the list. After we're done with this episode, I am pulling down that piece of paper. I'm putting it down here. I'm writing the Oklahoma Kid, Tangerine Tragic on there, putting it back up there. And it's going to be up there. Like, this is one of the best albums of the year at the moment. This is fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah. I do want to say at the moment, though, because we still have, you know, half the year to go. We'll see Ex- what exa- happens. Exactly, exactly. It's but, like, there's still a lot to come. But, but maybe the, maybe we can make it. <laughs> but, the, but the way the mix is done, the way the energy flows through this thing, again, it's that box of chocolates you love. You never know what you're going to get, but you're going to be happy with what you get. And you're going to absolutely enjoy it no matter what you pick. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Really appreciate but, it. Really appreciate it. It's kind but, word. Kind word. Oh, you're very welcome. But I do suggest for everyone listening, when you listen to the album, start at the top and work your way all the way down. Go in order. It's a fun ride. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So, Rob, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I like to do is give you a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So, the floor is yours. Oh my God, I'm not uh, I'm not experienced with these kinds of announcements. <laughs> so uh, first of all, uh, shout outs to everyone else from uh, the Oklahoma Kid, to Tom, to Fred, to Andreas, to Dave, and also to uh, our dear friend Sven, who's helping us a lot. Also, shout outs to Jan, uh, our producer, and to Lance, Lance Prince from uh, from Australia, who did our mixing mastering. 
and also to our label, to our booking agency, and to our manager in uh, Louis. And uh, I hope I didn't forget anyone. There are a lot more people, but uh, yeah, nice words to all of them. And on the 3rd of June, our record will finally release and we will play a lot of two, of, of shows in um, for most part of in Germany and some all over Europe all over Europe and uh, we have our upcoming headliner tour in October of this year and uh, maybe when you're from Europe uh, be really nice if you if you buy a ticket if you're in this kind of music and open up yourself for some some new music and also keep clicking all the links on youtube follow us on instagram instagram the oklahoma kid official i think it's called yeah exactly and we're also we started with tiktok's new thing for the young people <laughs> it's like uh, crazy even i have a tiktok account so yeah follow us on tiktok as well it's like just search up uh, the oklahoma kid and we'll, you will definitely find us if i forget anyone or anything uh, I'm sorry for that, but yeah, it was really nice for really nice having me, man. Really nice. Thank you. That was Thank fantastic so to have you on the podcast. But now it's time for me to end this podcast with three different things. So first things first, Tangent Treasure coming out on June 3rd, 2022. If you're watching the YouTube video, you've seen it on the bottom of the screen pretty much the whole entire time. So you're going to want to go and listen to the record when it comes out. You're going to want to go, you know, pre-save and pre-order all that kind of stuff. You're going to want to go and order some merch from the Oklahoma Kid. You're going to want to go and check them out on their tour dates. You're going to want to go see those them at those festival dates on their headline tour. You're going to want to go buy those things. You're going to want to watch YouTube videos. You're going to want to connect them on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you can do to get into the band, you're going to want to do. But instead of having to look all that stuff up yourself, let me do the legwork for you. So go to the description of the podcast. You're going to see find the Oklahoma Kid online. Links for everything. Labels for everything. So all you have to do is go click, like the page, click follow them, click subscribe, click pre-save, uh, order, you know, all that kind of stuff. Get tickets. Everything's going to be there for you. I make it as easy as possible for you guys. You're not going to want to miss out on the Oklahoma Kid. You're not going to miss out on Tangerine Treasure coming out on June 3rd. You're not going to want to miss out on them, you know, touring around Europe later in the year. You're not going to miss out on that headline tour. And if you're in the U.S., you're going to want to get into them now because you're not going to want to miss out on them when they come over to the U.S. in 2023, as is my prediction. So exactly, exactly. follow along with me and follow along with me. Like all their stuff. Subscribe to all their stuff. Just get into them now because you'll thank me later. Trust me. All right, Rob, time for number two. So. Whenever I've guessed in the this pod- was number one. Okay, wow. That was number okay, one. Awesome. Time for number two. Okay. Whenever I've guessed in the podcast that I enjoy having on the podcast, I tend to make a certain promise as a thank you for being on the podcast along with the, you know, the fact that I do want to continue to support the band. So this is always a promise for me to continue to show my support. So this happens so far every time I've had a guest in the podcast. And even before we hit the record button, I'm like, oh man, this is easily happening. There is no doubt in my mind. So my promise to you is this, sir. Not an if. If implies possibly not happening, I'm not about that. This starts with when. When implies this is going to happen, but date and time is to be determined. When I get to see the Oklahoma Kid perform live for the first time, whether it's in the U.S., whether it's in Europe, whether it's anywhere over the, uh, around the world, I don't know where. But when I get to see that happen, my promise to you is this, Rob. First round's on me. Nice, nice, nice. And if it's Germany with cheap beard, I'll probably be like three or four rounds. <laughs> That's nice. I can totally see that happening, man. <laughs> we will make it happen. And now time for number three. As we bring this podcast to conclusion, I can't 
end this by saying goodbye. That is way too final. And the reason I want to say goodbye is because I made a promise to you. I will see you guys play live at some point. First round will be on me. If it's Germany, probably first three or four. On top of that, I don't want to be the only time I ever talk in the podcast. This was too much fun to talk about this record, talk about your guys' music. So I'd love to have you back on the podcast again in the future. So on that note, can't say goodbye. No, 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 no. Too final. So I end it by saying this. See you later. See you later, man. Well, folks, I'm here with Rob from the band, the Oklahoma Kid out of Germany. Once again, their brand new album, Tangerine Tragic, is coming out on Friday, the 3rd of June. So you're not going to want to miss out on any of it. Go and pre-save the album, pre-order it, everything. If you're listening after the album is released, go and listen to it right now. Again, go top to bottom with the track listing because once you start with the Dance With Fire, you're not going to want to miss out on the rest of it. Like, it gets you going right away. So you're going to also want to follow along with the Oklahoma Kid online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. You know, follow them online on you know whatever streaming platform you're using. Uh, buy some merch from. Go and get your tickets for their live shows at the festivals or their headlining tour in October across Europe. So go straight to the podcast. Find the Oklahoma Kid online. All the links and labels are going to be there for you to go and do that. I did all the legwork for you. So follow along with me and follow them. Subscribe to them. Get your tickets. Get your merch. Pre-order the album pre-save it all of that shit also come and follow us on the corporation podcast as well online facebook twitter instagram tiktok you know we connect you on all those guys, platforms you message us there we're going to message you right back or i'm going to message you right back because i do all this stuff please subscribe to the podcast we're on youtube where you can watch these episodes we're also on Spotify, apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and amazon to you know enjoy your listening experience so if you're subscribed to the podcast thank you very much if you're not hit that subscribe button on the platform you're listening to this or watching this right now and if you want to go to the others, you know, all links to the podcast for you. So thank you for subscribing. If you have, if you are going to, thank you. If you're just, you know, coming off this one episode, thanks for stopping by. Think about subscribing because we got more great stuff in the future. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Thank you, Custody Abuse, for sponsoring this podcast. And also go get your tickets for When We Were Hungry in Las Vegas, October 20th and 21st of 2022. Pancakes in the pit turn memes into dreams, baby. Thank you, Rob, once again. Man, Tangerine Tragic by the Oklahoma Kid. Like a box of chocolates you're going to love. You never know what you're going to get, but you're going to know it's good. You're going to know it's good. Yeah. It's just good stuff. You're not going to miss out on that. So on that note, that's going to be it for you guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Code Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See you